folks to Powell Plaza outside of Hayward Field. I'm Chris Chavez, joined by my colleague and the host of the Out of the Box podcast, Caitlin Hutchison. Caitlin, how excited are you to be back in Eugene for the Diamond League final? I'm excited because I ain't never been to a Diamond League final. The way I've been to two world championships but I ain't never been to a Diamond League meet is crazy. So I'm excited to be back out here in Eugene, seeing a couple familiar faces, making some new friends. I'm having a great time. I think the coolest part of this is we're finally doing this in front of a live audience. Like, let's let's give it up for, for yeah. the Diamond League Come final. Come on, scream, this is I hear y'all. I hear y'all. This is a little bit different for us. I know. I think we've tried to have live audiences last year. I don't think that worked out very well, but <laughs> we're super excited to have all of y'all out here watching on YouTube, watching us in person. So, you know, anytime we ask for an audience reaction, please do not make <laughs> us look crazy and please clap. So. <laughs> Love it. Uh, so, Caitlin, what makes Eugene so special? You've made a couple trips out here now, and you've been able to soak in sort of like the, the track and field tradition, but now it's like, you know, we've had a world championships, we've had, you know, regular season of competition, NCAAs has taken place here, but Diamond League, finally on U.S. soil. Yeah. Um, I would say something that makes Eugene very special is the way that you just know that you're about to be surrounded by a bunch of track fans. Like, I thought I was crazy the way that I be tweeting on Twitter and acting a fool when somebody runs crazy fast. But to know I can come out here and know it's about to be at least 100 other people that's going to act the same way that I act, I feel like that's what makes me, like, happy about being back in Eugene. So we're currently at this point in the season where the you know, world championships are behind us, but athletes are still going strong. I guess for you, what is so far has been like the highlight of the season? And I'll give my personal. <sighs> the highlight of the season, I don't know. The fact that you had me traveling around the world like twelve times this That's year. True. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, honestly, that would be my highlight of the season. But I would say also just being able to like talk to athletes and getting really to get down to like the human side of them and being able to have them be more than just the people that we see running fast and throwing far. What's been your favorite event? My favorite event so far this year would definitely have to be the men's 100 because y'all already know Noah don't shut up. And if it's one thing he going to do, he going to talk about winning something. So for him to move down to what he calls his side piece event (laughs) and actually come out and win a world championship title with it, I would say that's been fun to keep up with this year. I mean, it's the perfect thing that kind of like the sport has kind of needed. We're heading into an Olympic year where now we have two top personalities in both Shakira Richardson and Noah Lyles really propelling the sport forward in, in a variety of different ways and heading into, uh, you know, hopefully the Olympic trials and then Paris Olympics, bringing all of that energy that they've channeled at the Diamond Leagues and at, you know, the U.S. championships and world championships into uh, the new year. For me, I'm going to go uh, the men's 1500 and the women's 1500 have both been great. Faith Kipiegon yeah. just being the greatest of all time just in that discipline. But then on the on the men's side, it's just sort of been – there's been a lot of drama that's unfolded. Jakob Ingebrigtsen being one of the most vocal athletes <laughs> out there. But he backs it up, you know, especially during uh, the Diamond League regular season so far. Um, didn't come away with the 1,500-meter gold medal, but Dang, he's hungry. beat by the Brits twice. What do you make of that. sort of like – you know, <laughs> you, you obviously unpack, especially on your podcast, a lot of the – you know, trash talk or the banter between the sprinters, but you get a little bit, you get into it too for the for the distance run. Okay, because the distance run is like, I didn't think y'all be talking hot like that, but they be <laughs> chatting. I'm like, hold on, y'all a little scrawny, can't be throwing hands, somebody gonna break a bone. <laughs> um, but no, it's been really fun, like, watching them talk mess because I feel as though everybody's, like, track and field athletes are, like, very much reserved and, like, especially the distance people, and it's more of, like, the sprinters who like to kind of buck at each other. So to see the distance people do it just makes me happy because I'm like, not everybody's adopting the whole competition mindset. We covered the track. What's been your favorite field event? My favorite field event? Mm, let's Dog. see. 
obviously duh, I, the discus women's discus okay because look, let me tell y'all why i love loggy so much because she gonna say like two words out her mouth and i promise you you're gonna be on the floor rolling dying and laughing um but no loggy being able to win the world championship is absolutely insane mainly because she told us like how bad this year was going for her like mentally as an athlete physically like so many other things and so for her to pr to make the team and then you go out the world championships you go from 12th to 5th and then 5th to 1st like girl nobody's touching you like you are literally her yeah and loggy's back in action and here is. uh this weekend i'm gonna go men's shot put ryan mm -hmm. krauser especially just the circumstances around him even just getting blood to the world championships yeah with two blood clots in his in his left leg and then still managing to defend his gold medal and he's back out here again i mean he just turns up and and will show up to any sort of competition so you got to give major credit to, to to ryan krauser wow is that the trevor bassett trevor bassett in the house Yo, everybody give it up for trevor bassett and you better win today boy that's kind of the special part of the uh, of being here at Trackdown, it's like you just never know who's going to be walking behind you. Um, but it's been it's been great. So now we are kind of at this point where we're looking towards today's events. At the very end, I'm going to tell you this now so that we can kind of start to think about it. Give me your top five events, but we'll save it for for the end of the of the show. Okay. Um. So we're gonna. So how this show is going to work? We're going to be having a variety of different guests both today and tomorrow. Tomorrow. Especially, I think we've heard a buzz of some, some really big stars who are going to be oh, coming out here. Oh, don't so, jinx but, it. Don't but we're jinx not going to give them away yet, <laughs> quite yet. So, I, you know, for me, I kind of – I'm seeing a lot of different faces out here in the crowd. I, I've heard people are coming in from, from Boston, from Wisconsin. So that's really kind of – people raising their hands out there. It's Wait, really who, cool who think see. they came the farthest to get to Oregon? Raise your hand if you think you came the farthest. All right, let's see. Where, where's, where are you from? Pennsylvania. Oh, okay. Pennsylvania, yeah. New, New Jersey. Jersey, all the East Coast people. Raleigh, North Carolina okay. in the house. Chicago. Chicago. All right, who came the closest? <laughs> who rolled out? Of yeah, there you <laughs> <Yeah>. go. <laughs> all right. So, uh, Caitlin, I guess for you looking to today, um, what's like the energy? We're finally going to pack this place out. I'm, all, all I'm saying is that if you was a real track and field fan, you was going to be out there screaming your lungs up, jumping, hopping up and down because, baby, if it's one thing I'm going to do, it's going to be doing that. So if y'all see me in there acting a fool, you know, that's just me on a regular basis. Don't be concerned. Um, make sure y'all get the fans and stuff out just in case I pass out because somebody run real fast. A really special thing that uh, – the Prefontaine Classic organizers in Tracktown USA have done is that we've got a Sidious Mag super fan section. So we're going to send Caitlin out there a couple times <laughs> to really get extra loud. We've got the super fans here out uh, as well. So that's been really cool. Uh, so now kind of looking towards uh, today's event, what what do you have, I guess, like, now I'm still kind of, like, itching right now to try and get to talk about it. No, 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 yeah. no, 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 no. Don't, don't spoil it, Chris, because we want people to stay and, and listen to what we have to say. I'm keeping an eye out. I think one of our first guests might be arriving oh. soon. Um, hey, when y'all see when y'all see the uh, when y'all see the people pull up, oh. make sure y'all scream for them. Make them feel loved, okay? All right, so we're gonna be we're gonna be bring actually we do have our first guest. Our first guest Hello. coming here, raising her hand in the stop pre-shirt. Everyone is say hi. Last year's world championship silver medalist, Diamond League champion, Kara Winger. Kara, Woo! come on up. I know y'all can scream louder than that. Come on now. Yeah. <laughs> How are you doing, girl? 
That's good. It's so good. Thank you. Do you want to sit? Do you want to stand? We can do whatever you want to do. Um, What do you guys prefer? You're the ones that are up here the whole time. Yeah, well, let's stand. Let's okay, stand. Great, I think yeah. it's going to make the energy a lot more better. Yeah, cool. So, Kara, Kara, how's retirement been treating you? You know, it's good, um, but I've been back to Eugene like four times this summer, which <laughs> I totally love. So I'm still living the dream. The way that I finished my career means track and field will always be my happy place, especially in Eugene, Oregon, track town USA. So especially, I guess you've taken on a little bit of a role as like a, an ambassador with, with, with your track town USA. What what has that kind of entailed so far? Yes. You know, they said to me, um, we think there are Throws fans out there. Yeah. <laughs> Expose them for us. So let me hear the Throws fans. Thank you. Y'all like her. She likes the audience interaction. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been coming, um, really trying to shine light on my fellow throwers, writing previews for Tracktown, and just being a part of the community like I've always loved to do. I had a lot of failure in my career, too, and it was always the thing that made me love track was paying attention to everyone else's stories. So that's what I'm trying to do on a bigger scale. So this year, I guess, you've gotten the chance to enjoy the throws and the field events as a, as a fan. What have been some of the highlights for you? Loggy to Saga, yeah. right? Um, incredible Budapest. I got to like be with her right after that competition in Budapest at you know the club. Super fun. <laughs> um, obviously, Ryan Krauser, twenty three fifty six world record. I cannot wait to see what he does tomorrow. Uh, but uh, the world javelin stage. Something that Catherine Mary actually told me yesterday is that there were no Europeans in the women's throws who medaled in Budapest. What? So the switch up of women's throws specifically in the world and like just kind of every corner of the globe being involved in success on the world stage was my favorite thing to witness in Budapest. So fun. Is there something special to, I mean, everyone talks about Hayward magic. It's a real thing. You felt it yourself. Can you describe it for, for, for people who may not be as familiar? Absolutely. If you go to my Instagram, I actually have a descending order list of my magical Hayward moments. Competed here 13 times. 13. Starting with a Olympic trials victory in 2008, my junior year of college. So started off with a bang, had kind of every experience possible on this runway. So when it came to Oregon 2022, I said to myself, what more could happen? I tore my ACL here. I made all four of my Olympic teams here, but then I finally, at the last possible moment, won my only global championship medal on the same runway. So I was just every version of myself in this stadium, and I think that's true of every athlete that shows up here. The fans see it, the fans see the humanity, and then elevate that person, and that's exactly what I experienced. So for you now, being on the other side of things where you get to be a fan and an analyst, like I wanna get some picks, like, you know, you. Who are sort of your locks right now? Especially, you know, kind of like there's a little buzz about like uh, someday we'd, we'll be able to gamble on these competitions. But you, you've got some insights. Who are, who are your locks today? Uh, Niraj Chopra. Yep. Absolutely. Seeing three Indian men in the Budapest final over 84 meters was just like the example that he has set for that country with, you know, so many people that can be a talent is super fun. He looked so relaxed at practice yesterday. Um, he's only 25. He's just like one of my favorite people 25. to for. Yes incredible scared of him and yeah. we need india like to really you know just kind of blossom as a powerhouse within the sport that's a billion people a billion potential track and field fans yes and while i will be painting my face all the chase ely today <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> maggie ewan looked also great yesterday and her vibes at hayward are immaculate um as of the u.s championship this year where she really put on a clinic for those women so this ring means a lot to her and i think she'll do really well today um haruka Kitaguchi in the javelin is just like the the most delightful person. The way we screamed when we saw each other <laughs> yesterday was my favorite thing ever. There may be a language barrier, but there is not a love barrier. 
Can you put that on a shirt? Yeah, I love that. <laughs> so with someone like Haruka, the throw in Budapest was epic. I mean, when you saw it in real time, did you know it was it was going to be real good? At the back of the runway, I okay. knew she had it. Because what my sixth round throw in Eugene last year was, was nothing else in the stadium was happening. It was just me on the runway. Michael Norman was about to run the 400 and win, but like nothing else was going on. And so the whole stadium like elevated that performance. That's exactly what happened on Haruka's sixth round in Budapest. And she was also in fifth, and then she moved up to first. Like It was the same scenario. So when I saw the whole Hungarian crowd watching her, I was like, she's got this. And it was the second best throw of her career at that point. Then she went and PR'd in Brussels. So she's coming in here with a fresh 67-38 world lead, and she's going to be great. How do you describe the nerves going into a sixth round throw? Because it's sort of like that's, you know, make or break and that's it. That's all you've got. It's the most pure form of the time is now, right? And like the magic of my 2022 season was that I could finally say these are my last tries. It's now or never. And when you can realize that at 23, which Haruka is, <laughs> wow. you have a bright, bright future. So she was exactly ready for it. She's always been a six-round thrower, even in 2022 before Eugene. Um, so it's just it's knowing you've done it before and knowing you can do it again and maybe at a higher level. So she's so young to have figured that out, and I'm super excited to see her keep throwing even further. So what do you like when you're sitting in the stands? Obviously, there's times where you have to put on the headset and be behind the mic for a broadcast, but how loud do you get in the stands? Um you may not be able to tell that my voice isn't very loud right now. I like I try You're to scream, it. but it's really <laughs> embarrassing. It gets real high pitched. So I do my best and I'm not going to um, be worried about it in terms of how I look because I'm just a super fan. I'm just going to be screaming in the Sidious Mag super fan section and I'm fine to look silly while I'm doing it. <laughs> So for you, I guess, like, when, you, when you've been out here just kind of walking around, did, can you describe sort of, like, what you've been here so many times, like, just that special aspect of being able to walk around in Tracktown, USA, that, you know, it, you're a celebrity here. It's really cool. <laughs> well, and I, I try to also, you know, promote the, the sport as a whole. I was at Starbucks this morning, of course, and a woman was like, Bree, I was here when he was alive. <laughs> and, like, just super, super cool connection to the community because of the history that is Eugene, Oregon. Um, and you're exactly right. Like, I grew up in Vancouver, Washington. So Pacific Northwesterners, yes. <laughs> you got some um, Washington in the house. I got to, like, work at my parents' house the other day when I flew into Portland. So fun. But, like, I really feel connected to this community. And I never threw here in high school. So it took me a long time in my the broad scope of my career to get back to it. But now I absolutely feel the love, um, especially after World Championships last year. But every time I came back this summer, at least one or two people were like, Oh my gosh, Kara, hello. It was so <laughs> fun to see you throw far. And I was like, it was so fun to throw far. You know, like it's it's just that's the magic of track and field that you can be connected to the athletes and we love it too. So Caitlin, I guess like how far do you it, actually this was a really fun question in Budapest that we had with uh Val Allman and and her coach was sort of like taking us under, you know, your guidance. Take Caitlin here, for example. Like you get to coach her in the javelin. For one year, how far is Caitlin throwing? At least 150 feet. I okay. mean, I don't know a whole lot about your athletic <laughs> I background. I run the 400 <laughs> at Kentucky. Okay. But you are tall. I am quite tall. It helps. Yeah. And uh, any version of athleticism, we can turn into javelin throwing. So if I become the world champion javelin thrower next year, <laughs> can't nobody say nothing to me, okay? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So 
for you, I guess today, I mean, what do you what are you looking forward to to the most? Women's javelin. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I was down on the field yesterday, and this was so sweet. You asked how retirement is. It's it's still hard. It's a transition. Yeah, like, it's would you have the itch sometimes? Or you're seeing people warm up. You're like, oh, where's where's my stuff? I did a little throwing <laughs> at um, a javelin camp that I had this summer at Colorado State University, which was so fun. And to just be able to be connected to the technique, to make the changes I wanted to, like, that's all I needed. I just really loved the movement still. And with so many injuries in my career, that was really nice. So... I know that's there if I want to return to it, but I'm happy after two ACL surgeries to not. <laughs> um, and But the girls yesterday were so sweet. They're like, we miss you. I miss you too. You know, like it's just, it's nice to walk away and still feel like I could go back, but I'm being brave in this new transition. The easy thing is to go back to what I know. The harder thing is to shine light, I guess, in a new way, because it's selfless in a way that I haven't ever been. Athletes like have to be selfish and that's okay and it's like worth the journey to focus on yourself for that time. Um, but I love what I get to do now is just tell their stories. So let's say let's say somebody came up to you with a with a big bag of money, right? How much money got to be in that bag for us to get you <laughs> back on the javelin <laughs> runway? I've thought about this question more than you know. <laughs> and the funny thing is, like, the, the kind of reality, stark reality of track and field is I had really small sponsorships when I became the number one javelin thrower in the world. So prize money, yeah, sure. But we all know that the bigger pers purses come from sponsorships, and I had fantastic smaller sponsors, um, but... I didn't have that top number. I was 36. I was at the end of my career. It's just a kind of different reality. So that's a really interesting conversation I've enjoyed having too. So it's hard to say. I did not do it for the money <laughs> in the end, and I loved it the most that I ever have. So I do not know if there's a number. Well, I will just go find at least a million dollars right quick and then try <laughs> to give it to you and then see if we can get you back on that runway. I'll give you my number. Okay. It'll be great. Yeah. <laughs> but the other thing, I love the Chase Ely, Maggie, you and friendship too. So the throws... Um, the women's throws today are super fun. Obviously, I'm excited about the javelin. I'm always going to be, but to watch them support each other and be competitive, like that example of being teammates is one of my favorite things in track and field right now. So the fireworks are going to be real, and then, again, the love is going to be real. So who's somebody that, like, you love competing against all the time? You were like, man, I'm coming to this track. I see Shorty right now, and I'm just about to get so fired up because I know this competition is about to be crazy. Um, Haruka, for sure. Kelsey Lee Barber also, the, the two times she's not here, she had a calf injury in Budapest, and she would have made the final, but she chose to end her season. Um, she had the best game face in the world. She always has. And she's just she's my good friend, too, so I know in competition that she's serious because she's focused on her job, and I love like noticing those nuances in individual competitors. Game respects game, right? Like, you got to respect how someone approaches their competition and then be best friends after. Like, I just, I really love the ability to compartmentalize like that and be super competitive and then super supportive. So if you weren't a world-class javelin thrower, what other event would you want to be world-class at? I love swimming. Okay. It's oh. the hardest sport I've ever done. I'm also training for Emma Coburn's Elk Run 5K at the end of the month. Well, that's awesome. It's, it's at altitude. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Thank you. And I, it's so hard running. Running yeah. is terrible. <laughs> I know. When I had my first day of fall training on Monday and coach was like, okay, four laps, I'm like, this is not the workout. <laughs> okay. I did 1K loops the other day. Wow, like, look at you. At Are park, you crazy? I just had snot everywhere. It was horrible. Like I, <laughs> I did it, but wow, the struggle. And I live in Colorado Springs, so Crested Butte is like 3,000 meters higher, or feet, sorry, higher than 
um, my house, but I think I'm ready. I <laughs> ran it in 2017, the inaugural elk run, and I, my goal is to be under 30 minutes. So, um, But I love swimming. Again, hardest sport I ever did. Um, in high school, it really helped my training for a javelin, like balanced me back out, unilateral javelin, bilateral swimming. So I would love to be world-class in it, but again, like endurance athlete, I am not. So I just, I try my best. I try my best. I love it. All right. So, Kara, I've got one little quick fun game for you. We're still going to test out this arm of yours. Um, oh, my goodness. <laughs> so we've got two Sidious Mag I Love Track and Field hats, and I want you to throw them out into the crowd. These are pretty. Hey, she should sign them. You could sign them, too, I guess, to whoever the lucky fans are, but I just want you to launch these things out into <laughs> the, to the fans. Okay. This these, these, everyone has wanted these, and we've only got a couple left. Okay. <laughs> This feels like a discus situation more okay. than a javelin situation, so <laughs> I'm going to do my best. Um, I'm going to throw them now, and if you guys find a pen and then come find me, I will sign that. We got one right Love here, it. maybe. Is this work on a hat? You can take Yeah, you can take it. We've got enough markers up here. Okay, and it's dry race, so we'll sign. I think it should work. Yeah. Kara, right. thank you so much for joining us. These hats, I'll tell you, they've been in high demand, Caitlin. All right, so hopefully no one tries to come attack us after the show is over to take I think we've hats. only got, like, three left. Three yeah. hats. Oh, my goodness. There's, like, 300 people out there, though, Chris. Yeah, it's uh, we're going to have to restock on on the online shop. Um, I think I might have to just throw one since I don't get free I'll gear I'll anymore. There you go. <laughs> no, what? I'm just kidding. It's fine. You've got Thank one. you guys for having me. We this is so you. fun. No, it's you could keep it. Okay. You have <laughs> to have it. I'll wear it today in the City of Smag Superfan Center. Yeah! Free promo. Everyone give it up for Kara Winger. All right, let's see how this goes. <laughs> Woo! Look at that. That was kind of loud. Let's see. Oh, the overhand. Yeah. Love it. All right. I think we've got quick commercial break. We're going to a quick commercial break from our friends over at Travel Lane County. So we'll be right back. All right, and we're back. We've got our next guest already waiting down at the end of that runway over there. I heard I'd these spy. guests jump pretty high. Yeah. I don't know. Today's a, a little bit more of a, uh, a field events day here on our pre-show. So we'd field love to track. welcome on right now two-time world champion and Olympic bronze medalist Sam Kendricks, an American record holder and U.S. Olympian Casey Lightfoot. Let's give it up for our, our pole vault guys. Yeah. He look ready. He over here jumping upstairs. <laughs> I'm good. How are you? Doing great. Tip top, tip top. Rule number all one, right, we don't scream down. into the mic. Yeah. Even when we yeah. get excited. Sorry, guys. <laughs> no, it's all good. How you guys been? Oh, great. Oh, you know, great? We've, great day? well, we, we were <clears throat> so excited to see one another again. Uh, it was so long ago, last Saturday in Brussels, <laughs> we were uh, competing together the Friday night, traveled home, three days to repack, and then back out here for the end of the season. 
Um, so it's all super exciting. All these Europeans got to come all the way to us now. Yeah. <laughs> is there a little bit of like a, a home field advantage out here? This is my 10th year. I competed here first in 2013. I actually watched as the first man excluded in the Olympic trials in 2012. It was 25th man on the list. What? And wow. so my first time jumping in Hayward was 2013, 10 years ago. Wow. That longevity. I think Casey was in diapers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm got a few years on me. <laughs> no, I got some home field advantage over you here. <laughs> Although you jumped in green as well in college. But I never jumped here. Yeah, you never jumped here. No. You got held out of Hayward just because of all the COVID times and things like that. No, I, I went pro. Oh, yeah. He, <laughs> went pro. He, jo he joined the boys on the road pretty quick. Yeah. He said, I signed a shiny contract. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> he is definitely shiny. <laughs> so for you guys, I mean, yesterday at the press conference, we heard Shakira Richardson talking about just sort of like that sisterhood that she's had with, you know, some of the fiercest competitors of hers, you know, the Jamaicans. And that's kind of like how it's portrayed in the media. But, you know, there is a friendship behind the scenes. And the pole vault, like, the friendship is just, like, it's very in your face. Like, you guys are not, I mean, I guess you're, you're intense rivals in competition. But at moments, there's one guy holding an umbrella for, for you know, another. And then you guys are hanging out constantly on the road. I guess, how do you describe sort of that, that brotherhood in the pole vault? Well, uh, it seems like from a sports fan's perspective, they want everybody on the track or on the field of play to be enemies because it makes it dramatic. I want somebody to hate somebody. I want somebody to have a <laughs> yeah. reason, a purpose uh, to try to win. And I want the defeat to be palpable when I watch it on TV. That, that's what we want as sports fans. But all of, a all of a sudden, you have to realize what lives we actually lead, yeah. which are athletes that are grinding it out on the road, trying to build points just to have the privilege to come jump here in front of you. They only took six guys when it comes to the Diamond League final here in Eugene at Prefontaine. So if we're going to be a traveling circus all year round, why eat with enemies? Yeah. So we become friends and fast friends at that. Yeah. Casey, what's that like been for you? Just kind of like, you know, turning pro not too too long ago and just like immediately being thrust into sort of like that, that friendship group. Yeah, I mean, it was a quick, quick turnaround, quick change. But, um, you know, I jumped with Sam and some of the other guys even whenever I was late, late high school and coming into college. I mean, <laughs> I made a world team whenever I was in college. He had so. this long <laughs> Beautiful. It looked like Mowgli from the Jungle Book when he was out there jumping with us the first time. It was just so pure. So, you know, I, I've been around. I've been around them for feels like too long. But, um, you know, traveling with them, it's, it, I don't know if I would really do it without them. So we, we have the best time that we can have doing all the grinds, the airports, the poles, dealing with all of our troubles. To answer your question directly, Carrie said it was a sisterhood, and a brotherhood is what it is on the road, but brotherhoods aren't without their fighting. True. Uh, there's nobody <laughs> I fight with harder than my friends. I think people stand between me, Chris Nelson, and KC, and they cannot believe that we actually are fast friends because we are our psychological help on the road. <laughs> we don't use a sports psych. We bring it all out into the open in front of each other, um, and guys and girls are different, so uh, we become even faster friends after that. <laughs> All right, so the traveling with the poles thing is I think that I think like a lot of fans are always wondering, like, is it the meat that supplies the poles? But no, no, it's you guys having to travel. What is what have been some of the, the nightmares you guys have had with traveling well, with poles? Well, I mean, just, that, that, that list means had one. We just had okay, a little yeah. spat with our, uh, with our gate guard over here. I appreciate <laughs> you doing your job, my man. Um, 
But even an athlete that wants to get through the gate to go to the field to play, sometimes somebody else planned a better or, process for what us. About, or what about Zurich? Oh, what about Zurich? We can't put them on this plane, but we can put them on, on the this, same plane tomorrow. We can put them on the same plane tomorrow. <laughs> Bureaucracy is at direct opposition for a pole vaulter traveling. And, you know, that's the only thing that collects tickets and makes everybody sit, uh, builds beautiful stadiums. But sometimes it makes our lives difficult because I think the number one question I get in an airport, and I see Sandy Morris's parents is out there, uh, in the crowd is what the heck are those? And I usually say I'll give you two guesses because it says that they're on the side. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but don't tell EasyJet. But we list them as hang gliders when we travel. So uh, yeah. don't let the secret out. If you're going to travel through Europe, list your pole vault poles as hang gliders. Oh, oh my gosh! There you go. And it might work. And it might work. It didn't work <laughs> in Zurich. <laughs> we sent the wrong man to the counter. Go ahead. Man, you two. So you were talking about how you guys like you love each other, but. Casey or Sam, what is something that the other would have to do to the <laughs> other person to make you actually hate them? I mean, I, I think it's almost beyond now. It's, I don't know yeah. there is an answer to that. Well, you know, Casey is oh uh, <laughs> <laughs> hes just the diva incarnate when it comes to the road. Everything, I think the first text I get every morning is, Sam, uh, are you feeding me today? Oh, my god! It's gosh. breakfast. What, but it truly is the it sunshine. It's the day started. It's like the rooster crowing in the morning. Uh, Casey Lightfoot is the one that gets everybody galvanized because, hey, I'm here. Take care of me. You know, there won't be a text in the group chat, so I got to take the initiative. <laughs> yes. With the breakfast Casey text, is def- and all of a sudden, what do you know? Everybody's getting together. And everybody's getting together. Yeah, th- I think Casey definitely galvanizes everybody because he's just got this just amazing spirit about it. But at the same time, He's just his superpowers. He just complains about everything. <laughs> but he is the more he complains, me and Chris just look at each other and says he's gonna beat us. Today. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's just more of a roiling emotion. It's just Casey, shut up. We know it's hot and there's no air conditioning. The food is not a croissant, and it's not your favorite Corvette you're driving down the road to the hotel. Corvette, we know wait that. Wait a minute. Oh my gosh. Yeah, this guy is is hot. Uh, a hot stuff incarnate. I don't think. <laughs> Casey, you can't lend us a couple of dollars or something. Like, what's up? Oh, Corvette's American made. Yeah, it's a lot more affordable than a Lamborghini. Save but for those tickets. Yeah, know? we got to save them for the tickets. That's for sure. I think the first time I drove Casey's Corvette was down in Oxford. He drove it all the way to Oxford, Mississippi, just to come do a training camp him. with me. Just for me. Okay. And I hadn't put the gas pedal to the floor, but for a, a half a second, <laughs> and a hometown cop was pulling me over on the side of my highway. I'd driven a hundred times, and he comes to the door and clacks on it and sees me and just shakes his head and he says, oh, this hometown hero and all, I'm so disappointed <laughs> in you. And Casey's just saying in the passenger seat, I just wish he'd give you a ticket, Sam. I just wish he'd give you a ticket. <laughs> I'd have hung it on my wall, too. You guys so, need a reality show. Like, just in general, oh, just following we, you guys around. Uh, I guess, like, we get canceled. Uh, we get canceled pretty quick. <laughs> it's so, uh, Wait. Well, so I love you guys' like, relationship, like Chris was saying. So something that I want to talk about is this whole idea of splitting medals. So we know in Budapest mm-hmm. we had Nina and Katie. They sung Kumbaya. They got their gold medals together, and it was such a beautiful experience to watch. But I want to know, if it was would you guys two guys in that situation, would you guys have split the medal or just say, no, screw it, uh, like, I want to win? Let's break this down in 2021. Few levels. <laughs> let's break this down in a few levels. Casey, if it... If you have a ticket, please bring it up on your phone now. That's what our little fine, kind lady over here says. Let's break it down. Sharing medals, sharing victories. What does it look like? Casey, if you didn't know me and you were going into a championship, <laughs> would you want to jump off for a gold medal? Your pride says yes. Your pride says yes. Your pride says yes. Okay, and that is we all need to know that's where it starts. 
And I posed this question to Mondo Duplantis in 2019 while we were watching the girls' final in Doha, right? Mondo and I are jumping the next day, and I ask him, Mondo, what happens tomorrow if we tie? Will you split the medal with me, or are we jumping off? And he got this look of revilement on his face. <laughs> now, this is coming from a kid that's never won a global yeah, international right. medal. He won the European Championships, but never a global medal. Sitting behind us is Nick Hysong, Olympic gold medalist from 2000, Sydney. And Nick says, no way would you share the medal. You'd jump off. And I'm like, Nick, would you jump off for your gold medal? He says, no, I'm not in this, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so now we've established that your pride says one thing, and when you have the gold medal in your hand, it says two things. Now, in pole vaulting, especially, more so than any other event, we already have tiebreakers put into the metric of the event. The first is a count back, and the second is the second count back. If you win pole vault, you jump the highest. The tiebreaker is the fewer misses on the highest achieved height. Mm -hmm. The second tiebreaker is misses Ball. in the overall competition. So technically, if we're going to jump off, that's triple overtime, okay. right? And I have been subject to a jump off in my history as a pole vaulter that I didn't even want to do because they were about to shoot the fireworks at the meet. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes it's an event more so than a competition. So fast forward 2021, <laughs> KC and Lightfoot and I tie for the silver medal here in Eugene at the Olympic trials. Mm -hmm. Do they give you the option to jump off for a silver medal? No, they don't. That's yeah. not in the rules. You're only allowed to jump off for a gold medal. It's only here in America that we have the pride to say we can do something else. And what do we tell them, Casey? Absolutely not. Absolutely <laughs> not. We don't jump off with the homies. Why, right? Why? They don't split that gold medal in half, everybody. Your pride says, I want to win. But technically, you've already succeeded in two tiebreakers, and you are the winner. They give you two gold yeah. medals. Two gold medal bonuses. Two Buys. international interview tours the next year. Two gold medal appearances whenever you go somewhere. And what a better way, unless you just really just dog hate the other person, <laughs> right? uh, what a better way to grow a career than that. Because if you lose, you already have it. You already have it. It's and right then here. you just lost it and then you, you want to be a chicken head. And then you lose it. But it's gangster if you lose it. Yeah. But nobody pays you for Look gangster over there. We share, we share medals. <laughs> so we share medals. Yeah. That's my guy right here. We share medals, <laughs> but we don't share every medal, right? We don't share every medal. Sometimes you don't have the option. Like if uh, Casey Lightfoot and I tied for fourth place, there's no medal for that. No. They still want us to jump off. We say, absolutely not. I'm not going to do that. You're just trying to make something cleaner for your bureaucracy, and we don't necessarily do bureaucracy <laughs> for everything, as we said earlier. So there's your long answer, dude. Do we split medals? I love it. No. I your pride says yes. The money, the pocketbook says, the, please don't. Please <laughs> don't. So to lend a little bit of context, you know, for y your season so far, I mean, you've got some momentum coming into this Diamond League final. I mean, how have, how have things been clicking, I guess, in the second half of the season? Well, Casey and I, we came together. Uh, we did two training camps, maybe three, since last season. He and I both. I was withheld from the championship here in Oregon, but I also came up with a knee injury. And so did KC come up with an injury last year. And it just stinks being injured because you're just out of the sport. You just have all this internal drive, but all of a sudden you just can't compete for whatever reason. So we, were, we resolved ourselves to have a comeback season, right? Everybody loves a comeback, right? <laughs> a comeback season. What does that look like? Well, a perfect comeback season would say uh, Casey Lightfoot sets the American record, breaks my American record in America by a centimeter. I think that's a highlight achievement. Sam Kendricks battles his way back from 16th world ranking, being not world ranked last year, back into the top five. That was my goal this year. 
but just fell a little short when it came to our championship this year, beaten by two great young competitors for second and third place. And that's just being an American. you got to know that's part of the gig um, when you start this. But I always get my best, my second wins midseason. Mm-hmm. And uh, my greatest achievements have always come at the end of the year, as they have been coming in the last few meets. And when we set off on our last trip, Casey, what did we say? Oh, yeah. I mean, this was that was our trip. It was our trip. It was our trip. Casey Lightfoot battles stop us. from no Diamond League points all the way back into sixth place to get his spot here in Eugene. We were playing, me and Chris were playing defense the whole year, trying to hold enough points so Casey might have a shot, and he did it. Jumped high enough, placed well enough, so he could get the six-man spot here in Eugene. That's awesome. So, Casey, I guess, like, breaking the American record earlier this year, obviously, like, a rush of adrenaline from that moment. It's something that you're probably, like, chasing a medal at you know olympics or worlds would probably you know create that moment again but i guess for you i guess how did can you describe how that moment felt and then from there i guess like what are you doing to kind of you know eventually find that i mean maybe hoisting the diamond league trophy here also feels like that whoa that'd be sick yeah (laughs) yeah you know it was a big that was a big day Uh, i mean it all happened real fast Mm -hmm. i mean going into that meet my outdoor pb was 87, so I, I PB'd by 20 centimeters. The outdoors. greatest professional personal best in history when your PB was already for over 580. The greatest singular advancement in professional numbers I've in pole vault history done May this year. So, you know, yeah, I mean, it happened real fast. The, the adrenaline and emotions were really high. It took a while to set in. I mean, <laughs> it kind of, I think it kind of got subdued a little bit because right after it, I, I met you back over yeah, in, in Norway. So, yeah. I, it's not like I had much of a break after that, but um, yeah, it felt good. I didn't. I can't say that I was expecting. Well, he texted me. Never in, can. He texted me in the morning. All I got was a 2 a.m. text in Norway saying, "I'm sorry, Sam." <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was all I got. And I'm like, "Oh, damn it! This guy went and broke my record." Which is what records are for, right? Medals are for keeping. Records are for losing. Remember that, okay? That's track 101. Re- medals are for keeping. Records are for losing. So if you base your career based on me- records you have. You're going to be sorely saddened when a young gun comes and breaks it in the future. I think both of my records have been broken by my best buddies now. Chris, the indoor record, and KC, the outdoor record. you got to get them back. I'm going to get them both back. Well, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> well, I'm going to have to keep I don't know if I'm going to keep them, but I'm going to get them back. <laughs> I said I was going to get it back from Mondo in 2019. And what did I do, Casey? I got You gave me a hug on the track. I got it back. Of course got I got it back. It back. I know. Right I know. in front of everyone at the American Championships. I know. Oh, yeah, yeah, I okay. Yeah, you were hiding over in Nashville doing yours. Hiding? Yeah, hiding. Whatever. Okay, whatever. Blasphemy. Blasphemy. <laughs> it's still a record. It's All right, record. so as we, you know, 48 hours from now, the season's going to be, the regular season's going to be over, but I guess, like, your guys, the build-up towards Paris, when does, when does that begin? Well, first well, we gotta month go. Is the trials. Well, well, we gotta, well, the championship is the trials next year. But before we get to all that, we've gotta go uh, do our duties as Chris Nelson's duo best men at his wedding oh, next wow. Friday. He gets married That's in awesome. six days. Next week. So we're gonna go make sure he never forgets it. Um, <laughs> uh, we got all kinds of great plans going up to South Dakota to watch our Silver Surfer get married. Um, and taking, taking a boys trip. Somewhere. Yeah, we're trying to take a boys trip, maybe Costa Rica or something. That'd be great. Um, we hadn't had much time for vacationing, although it always does seem like a vacation when we travel together. Uh, and then I've just finished the world's greatest private training facility in Oxford, Mississippi. And so I'm trying Don't to proclaim. get put, – put it up against who else's? Mondo's? Renault's? No. Greatest professional <laughs> private 
pole vault training facility in America, in Mississippi, and Casey's going to come train with me do training camps, and we are focusing solely on the trials here next year. That's amazing. Well, uh, we've got another guest lined up, so you guys are going to wish I'm going to wish you guys the best of luck oh, in competition. Uh, we've got we'll, we'll we'll save the surprise. Okay, um, cool. But uh, congratulations on an amazing season. Take in all of that Hayward magic, and uh, I'm excited to see uh, the men's pole vault. All right, appreciate you guys. Thanks for having us. Thank you, everybody. Let's see if we can get our poles inside now. <laughs> Let's give it up for Sam Kendricks and Casey Lightfoot. All right. All right, now we're going to take a quick break from our friends at the Eugene Marathon. Stranger. back and a quick little tip if there's people out here who do not have tickets to the meet but want to try and earn their way into the stadium we've got some sign making materials I think floating around uh, to the left side of the stage and the best sign is gonna earn a pair of tickets into the Sidious Mag super fan section so if you don't have tickets to the meet yet create a sign hold it up we'll give tickets away to the best sign out there so just a quick heads up uh, to the fans who might be uh, out here looking for their way in to capture some of the track action, Caitlin. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. I think we've got our next guest lined up uh, potentially. Oh, not not here yet. That uh, was a pretty cool sign. That was a pretty cool I sign. I want to see some more signs. I know, I know y'all got some creators. Oh, I, I love track and field. I think that is the number one sign of the hour right now. Yeah. <laughs> Too bad he's got a credential around his neck. He's already yeah, got, wait a minute. <laughs> he's already got his way into the You stadium. already have a way into the meet. <laughs> so, Caitlin, for you, I guess, is that – we've seen the cameras floating around. There's obviously a Netflix series in the works following the sprinters, but didn't that make you kind of want to, like, all right, we need a pole vaulter series going? I think we do need a pole vault series going on because I think we were just talking about this, about how – the rivalries or like the friendships and the love that happens in the distance and the um, field events are actually way bigger than what people imagine them to be. And I just feel as though if y'all start paying attention to these folks like y'all supposed to, y'all will see that there's just as much excitement in the field events as much as there is in the running events. Yeah. So for you now kind of like looking forward to, uh, to today's meet, you think? They pull off the upset over Mondo. I, kind of, I mean, it, honestly, it makes you root more for for the Americans. I do want to root for them, but it's just like you just you gotta Mondo's be so out good. your <laughs> mind to root against Mondo Duplantis. I'm so sorry. Like the man is just a superhuman, and if there's one person that you can just always bet on to win, besides that one time that he lost, then like <laughs> it's definitely Mondo. So, but I would love to see them go two, three, four. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, absolutely. So looking to this afternoon um i've got you know let's let's not give away our whole entire top five okay. events 
We're, we're going to, what is your, let, let's both do top five events to watch. So for you, okay. I guess, what what is at the, let's, let's go in reverse order. Number five. Okay, number five. Wait, I didn't know we were supposed to put them in order, so I'm just going to name one. Uh, I'm going to say Jakob trying to break the world record in the mile because. That was my number one. Oh, wow. Well, see, this is why, you see how we work? We, we yeah, like, this is why we work here, together. You know yeah. So I want to see him break the world record. I think that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, also because I just love him because. I just feel like he looks like a little Cabbage Patch kid with tattoos all over him. And okay. I don't know what about that just is, like, hilarious, but it's funny to me. So Yeah. Well, he's he's stone cold on the track. Yes. Um, and all uh, that race is just going to be epic. There's a chance, you know, the American record may go down. Yard we'll and see. a goose. Cole is Hawker. the goose going to get loose? I don't know. I, I mean, I think, you know, there's obviously the buzz around Yard and how close he got during the indoor season. But Cole's also rounding into shape pretty well right now. So, you know, either one of those guys, really strong candidates to probably try and take down Alan's Web, Alan Webb's mark from 2007. All right, so for me, number five, I'm going to go with the men's 400 hurdles. Okay. We're starting off hot with this meet. It's one of the first events of the day. Carson Warhol. I already Warholm, saw Trevor Bassett walking the world up record through holder here. here. Yep. We've got um, – so, you know, with Carson at the World Championships, I remember kind of he was walking through and then uh, people asked sort of like, and you run the world record again. I mean, that race in Tokyo was incredible. And he said, it's possible. So I get athletes might be a little bit tired as, as we're getting into September, but he's just so talented. I wouldn't put it past him. Yeah, that's so true. I would say that for my fourth pick is going to have to be the men's 400, and I'm going to have to – say uh, Matt Hudson will end up winning because if not, the British will come get me and he will put a hit out on my head. So you know what, Matt? You know I'm rooting for you, boy. So, <laughs> Well, that one is also stacked with a bunch of yes. Americans. So uh, Vernon Norwood, Bryce Dedman. Yep. So Quincy, I think, is running as well. Quincy. So, like, it'll be it'll be fast. And, like, you know, the 400s kind of saw that second breath of life in the second half of the season where the times are coming down. So these guys are, are peaking at just the right time. All right, for me, number my number four is going to be uh, the women's triple jump. Julia okay. Mar Rojas coming into this one, always a fantastic personality, but the fact that she can command a full stadium of fans to j get the clap going together, I mean, she's she's already impressive nonetheless when, when, when she's competing. So Julia Mar Rojas, former, I guess, World Athletics at Female Athlete of the Year finalist, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to special things from her. When you look at her history, that is another person where it's just like you have got to be out of your left mind to root against her to not win something, especially what she did um, in Budapest a couple of weeks ago, winning on the last jump. Like, yeah. come on now. That's Well, sick. that was, I think, like the best part of sort of like the dramatics around her. Like, yes, she can win on the first jump, but this time around gave us a little bit of a heart attack. You've been giving us a little it. bit of a heart attack all year. I think that's the second time um, this year where she won on her last jump. So. Yeah, so. Yuli Maroha, special talent. Watch for her in the women's triple jump. All right, give me your number three. My number three pick is going to be the women's 15 with me too. Faith. Wow. We're that. really <laughs> – it's, it's like we work for Sidious <laughs> for a reason. Um, so I want to say Faith Kipiegon because I love watching her race. You already know you guys made me a 1,500-meter super fan this year, um, especially when Nikki ended up winning the U.S. trials. Um so, Faith Kipyegon, being as amazing as she is, what she broke in, like, three, three world records. Okay. Three. 5K, 1,500, 
mile. Then broke every world record under the sun this year. Probably want to break like 10 more if we being so we real. We got the road mile coming up in Riga, Latvia in a couple of weeks. That one might be going down. So like seeing someone like her being able to just like put the gas on everybody. And I think what's so much fun about watching her race is because everybody knows what she's going to do. And they're just like, this is the perfect opportunity for me to run fast as well. So. Yeah. I see a sign over here. Track is greater than the NBA. Now that's a yeah. Oh, forgot Sam. No yelling. My apologies. Um, so you stole my number three, but I guess women's fifteen hundred. The only thing I think I'll, I'll also add is like to your point uh, right there at the end is that the, all of her competitors have the highest amount of respect, and they're very quick. It was like, all right, this is my opportunity to also latch on and run a PR. We saw what happened in Monaco, just with you know national record after national record after national record. I mean, it, it something something good could happen here too. Something good. Something great. And then. Uh, we've Wait, got a Noah, sign that I'm spotting Noah, can I have your there. shoes? Noah, can I have your shoes? Is Noah shoes? Miles I anywhere love around that. here? I look, I look, he like that sign. Well, that's a smart move, I think. Today, Noah's final race of the day. Uh, oh, so you, I can tell you, want me to call him right quick? <laughs> Wait a minute, let me stop playing. He'll, he'll be able to see that, I think. That I kid think might end up with some record-setting spikes in his hand. Make sure you keep that yeah. sign, kid. We're going to try to get you his shoes. Also, shout out, quick shout-out to Noah Lyles. He tweeted out you know, the show link earlier today. He said he wants to see more of this happening at track meets you know, across uh, around the world. And so uh, Noah is obviously a big supporter of you know some of the things we do at Sidious Mag, so he might be tuning in and watching that. So that that sign will make sure you get the, his spice. We cannot <laughs> we cannot lose that kid. Make sure that kid does not disappear. Yeah. Um, all right. What is your number one event to watch? This? <laughs> we forgot number two. Oh, number Chris. two. Yeah. My number two event is probably going to be the men's 100. Okay. And I am speaking of Noah Lyles. Speaking of Noah Lyles, I'm gonna say the men's 100 mainly because. Who is the fastest man in the world? And and before if Noah, you probably listening. Before you say this, let, let's 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 talk let's to somebody. Let's unpack this. Okay. The, so we've got the world champion. Right. And Noah Lyles. We got Noah Lyles. Um, and then we've also got Christian Coleman, who is what tied for the world lead right and now. And Zarnell Hughes is, but he's not competing. Okay. Here. So you've got all these super fast people for like absolutely no reason who are going to be lining up on the line. I mean, even if they're not lining up, it's like, okay, are you the fastest man because you won the gold medal in at the world championships because you won it Does the Marcel diamond Jacobs league? Does Marcel have a claim to it? I he's mean, the Olympic champion. I don't know. So I just want to know what's going to happen. And you know, I'm always rooting for Big Bro Noah. But I'm just so excited to see how well Christian has been running. I know, unfortunately, he probably would have liked to have had that race at World Championships. Um, however, seeing how he raced afterwards, he looks really good. You already know I'm Big C's all day long. Uh, Christian Coleman, that's, that's, that's the dog for real. So you already know. I'm hoping to see that he'll do something great. Men's Hundred has had all of the dramatics this year. Yes. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. And, yeah, I mean, to your point, like, I think we're going to – Hopefully, get a final answer. So, who is the <laughs> fastest person of the year? We've got three guys tied at the top of the world list. We got a world champion. We got an Olympic champion. Um, yeah, I hopefully think Noah now Lyles can bring it down. It was a PR in Budapest, nine eighty three, right? It yes, I believe so. And I think um, I think it was like eighty something actually. Yeah, nine eighty. Yeah, uh, but I think that now that we've asked this question, he's probably going to do everything in his power to make us never ask that question ever again. So who hey, knows what he's gonna run out makes here today? Makes it easier for us to get exactly. our answer. Exactly. Um, I'm going to go on the flip side for my second favorite event, which now ends up being number one because I talked about the <laughs> men's Bowerman Mile already. But uh, the women's 100, I think Shakari Richardson has a good opportunity here to put an exclamation point on this season, you know, with wins 
on the Diamond League circuit leading up to uh, the U.S. Championships, winning the U.S. title, coming through clutch at the World Championships in Budapest. You know, this this is the cherry on top. Uh, and it's an interesting matchup because you don't have, you know, all of the huge names from the stacked World Championship final, but instead you do have, like, someone like Elaine Thompson-Hurrah who's coming around yeah. at the right time this season, and it's like, don't forget, she's the fastest woman alive. I think this sign is the Chris winner Chavez over here. Chris Chavez is sexy. Wait a minute. I don't think his fiance is going <laughs> to like that one. <laughs> I love that sign. I think that's my favorite sign of the uh, of the day. Um, Caitlin, what is your favorite event for t uh for today and you already know my number one pick is going to be the women's 100 because let me tell you i know you were just saying like how amazing this would be like for shikari to come out and win this diamond league final but all of these women are insane so let's start with the fact that the entire field has ran sub 11 either this year True. or at some point in their life so we've got every woman in here running 1099 or faster and then obviously we've got shikari with the world lead at 1065 i believe it is not only that Six of the women on that line have either been an Olympic or a world champion. So it's not like we just, oh, like, these women have ran sub-11 and, like, they kind of cool. It's like, no, they've got the titles and the medals to back it up as well. So it's kind of like the same deal. Like, who's really the fastest person on the planet when it comes to the women? Um, Because we've got so many girls out here who have just absolutely made a staple and, like you said, peaking at the right times in the season. So we'll see whatever else they got left in the tank to kind of come out here and run pretty fast. The thing that we ran into in Budapest, there was no wind. Here you do get a little bit of wind, so we're, we're looking for a couple, like, plus two wind readings, right? I mean, last time we were at Pre, Elaine ran super fast, and everybody was like, if that wind was just this, who knows what was going to happen? And then, like you were saying, with Shakari running the 10-6 and didn't have any wind, like, who... Who knows what's going to happen? So I don't know. I also think, you know, just sort of like as we play out, just sort of like all the poetic, you know, sort of ways of ending the season. Like, you know, when we were here two years ago um, for the pre-classic after the Tokyo Olympics, like we remember how that race played out for Shakari Richardson, finishing dead last. And now sort of, I mean, if she's able to pull off the win. It's like, like it's the beautiful comeback the beautiful story. beautiful, happy man. ending that you wish for yes. in, in a story. It's almost Except as it's like not ending. It's like you're just getting started. It's like once you do this, you have no choice but to come back and keep doing it. Seems like the script writers for track and field aren't on strike, but uh, <laughs> all the other writers are. Um, all right. So I think that does it. Who's your, who's your lock Like in terms of just like, all right, that that person's guaranteed to win. Mondo Duplantis. Yeah, I guess you got to go. With yes, that. can never go ne can never go against Mondo. Um, but then also Faith. Those two, I do not see a world where those two will ever lose whatever race or um competition that they got going on today. Yeah, you took it from me. I was gonna go Faith, and I think Faith yeah. is kind of like the leading candidate right now for like World Athletics like Female Athlete of the Year. I mean, yeah. how could you not just with the dominance in the fifteen hundred, the the wins in the five k. I mean. It's been Faith's year. You gotta have faith. You got. Who's that? Is oh it? my God! Somebody put that on a sign. <laughs> yeah. Run fast, jump high, throw far. I like that I one. Like That's that a pretty sign. good sign. All right, I need some more signs from you guys. I know you guys are super creative people, and I know y'all want some free tickets. I heard the City is Mag fan section was some pretty prime real estate in that stadium right over there. So, just saying. So I think, uh, today. I mean, right now, as we watch kind of like these fans walking into the stadium, it's going to be it's going to be loud. Mm -hmm. what, what do you kind of remember so far from Worlds last year, U.S. Championships this year, the loudest you felt Hayward Field? The loudest I felt Hayward Field 
was probably when Sid broke the world record again. Okay. That was insane because she already did it at USA's. But when we were at Worlds last year and she did it again, I don't know. It was like, I think it was the way that the race was set up to where like it, she broke the stagger on everyone before they even got to the 200 and she just had so much space in between her and everybody else. It was like, you have no choice but to lead that this girl is going to run something absolutely ridiculous. See, I, I don't think I was super loud in that moment because I was just in shock. I was mm -hmm. without words. Like, I, I think that was a lot of people. So yeah. it was like, there was a roar for sure kind of in the moment, but then like a gasp of just like, oh my gosh, 50 point. That's crazy. Like, who else is going to do that? I mean, I got a couple people, but y'all don't want to hear my take. Yo, give me your take. I think Miss Femka could do it. I don't think she's going to do it here. However, I think as someone who has, uh, who has the indoor 400-meter record, I mean, something about running 49 indoors, like, you're crazy. Like, that's absolutely insane. Um, and then for her to just continue to, like, chip off the time, I don't know why people think it's so insane for her to, you know, you know, run maybe 50 run 50. High. I mean, I feel like it's possible. She also has the 600-meter indoor world record. She's got yeah. a couple world records. That's all I know. So I'm just saying it's not crazy for me to think that a two-time world record holder could break another world record. I just feel like that's just how it's going to go. Yeah. I think for me the loudest I've ever felt Hayward Field was during the world championships last year. Fred Curley winning the men's 100. Yeah. Obviously that was incredible. He threw down a crazy fast time in the semifinal, backs it up in the final, wins gold. But then in addition to that, it was just sort of like, all right, now everyone in the stadium is scoreboard watching, and you see uh, Marvin Bracey's name pop up next, and then Trayvon Bromel's and name, and like then sweet. everything. Yeah, the brooms yeah. were out, and like everyone was sweeping in the stands, and it was it was epic. I think Actually, for me, that's kind of like the moment that still raises uh, wait, the hairs on my arm. It's his birthday. Wait, you guys have the same birthday? Okay, wow. we definitely have to get that kid's Noah shoes, or I'm gonna cry. Yeah, this is my, <laughs> my favorite sign of the day. So Aside from the second favorite, the Chris Chavez's sexy sign was great. All right, um, so I heard we have a special guest coming down on this buggy right here. Everybody make some noise for our guest. Chris, got, you want to name her? Yeah, we've got coming up next, Nicola Holosloggers, the two-time global medalist, <laughs> the Oceania <laughs> record holder in the high jump. Taking the golf cart over here. Sounds like we want the other David here as well. David McCarthy. <laughs> Hello, how are you? We're going to have so much fun with you today. Mike. Okay, sweet. All right, we want to sit. Yeah, we get we nice sit. and cozy together. I look really short standing next to you, probably. That's um. right. <laughs> sit down. We're all even playing. So, so how are you doing today? I'm going well. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> So for you, I guess the first competition since Worlds, right? Mm-hmm. So you've got you've had a couple weeks to kind of reflect on the performance in Budapest. How how are you feeling? I'm good. I mean, I think after a major championships, regardless of like if you do a world record or you underperform, like it's always such a big build up, and then it takes a little bit to come back down and then rebuild up. So I decided put all my eggs in one basket and let's just like focus on this competition. Yeah, so for you, you've been super consistent all year, getting to the World Championships and now extending your season here. What were some of the goals that you set for yourself, you know, back in January? Because I forget that that's when you start start your season out in Australia, and so it's been we're nine months in. We're nine months in. It's been a long season. Um, but I mean, I always want to set up for myself 
that if I've got gotten stronger in training, if I've gotten more powerful, then that means I can jump higher. So at the start of the year, I set for myself, I wanted to do a personal best. And I've equaled it this year, but I think I'm still hungry. I've got that little bit of extra energy for tomorrow to hopefully uh, get um, a, a mark on there to imp improve my overall PR. So what are you telling yourself before a competition tomorrow to be like, hey, I know that this is what I want. I know this is what I can do. And how can we make it happen? Yeah, I suppose like I can't undo nine months of good training and I can't <laughs> undo like the consistency of the competitions I've had. Like, so there's nothing that I, I can, there's nothing that will prevent me from having the amazing block and amazing build up that I've had. So now I can just go into the event and just go, you've done all the work. Let's just enjoy it. And aim high because like I never regret putting my goals high because I don't want to get to a competition where I've reached a goal that's like really easy to maintain because I won't be changed in that like I want to challenge myself so I can be changed I love that so how special was it for you in Budapest to share the podium with Eleanor because you know we were doing a daily recap show from Budapest and Mitch Dyer was was one of our you know, correspondence. And that night on the show was the night that he was partying just because, you know, the two <laughs> medals uh, coming from the high jump. So for you, I guess, how special was that moment? Yeah, it was like, it was so, it was history. So that was something that was really special. Like, we're both the same age. So we go way back, way back. Um, and so we've been jumping together for over a decade. And to see that we both made history together, that was, that was just, you, you can't, um, Australia couldn't ask for anything more than that. And we had our best ever World Championships medal hole ever. I think um, four was the p was the p personal best, like uh, over 10 years ago, maybe 20 years ago now. I I don't know my facts really, but I know that when we both got onto the podium, we'd, we made history for our event, but we also made history for athletics. That's amazing. So... For you, I guess, you've been doing, you mentioned this sort of like, you've been in the sport for, for so long. What gra what gravitated you to it? And then at the same time, what's kept you in it and this, this key to longevity? You started at eight, I think it was? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, originally I started high jumping because I was super tall for my age. Like, um, I stopped growing at 14, right? So I was already six foot two at 14. Jesus. So <laughs> I what like was in the food? Yeah. <laughs> a lot of vegetables. A lot of vegetables, yeah. Eat your greens. No, but <laughs> I, and so when I was eight years old, I remember just turning up to high jump and all I had to do was do a few steps and just fall over a bar at that age, right? And I was breaking the club records and I was like, yes, this is, this is made for me. Um, and then within, uh, within a few days, really, I just, I found out about Blanca Vlasic and that I've got Croatian heritage, so I <laughs> felt like I had the DNA makeup to be one of the best. And no one had ever jumped two meters in Australia, so I felt like there was a calling right there. Um, and I, I pursued that. I pursued that for so long. Um, but it got to around 20 years old where I realized that it wasn't sustainable anymore. Like when I was just pursuing sport like 100%, um, there was no PB that was actually making me satisfied and that's when I decided like I'd, I'm, I'm either pursuing this dream that I have or I'm or I'm giving up and I just had that moment that I was willing to give up sport in order to find out what would satisfy me and when I found out that my I found my identity outside of my performance and I just 
got that identity that I was loved no matter what and I felt that love from God, then I felt like I was being called back into sport, but this time to change the sport. Like not just so that I can be the best athlete in history or whatever, but that I can impact the athletes and people there. So that's what's kept me here. That's so amazing. So speaking of your uh, identity outside of sport, I heard that you were planning a very nice event out here on Monday evening. Can you talk yeah. a little bit about it? So the event The Glory, um, and it's at 7 p.m. at Matthew Knight Arena. We've hired the stadium. It's crazy. Um, awesome. it's, it's so fun. Um, but what it's going to be like is me and seven other athletes that are competing at the Prefontaine Classic, we're going to be sharing those stories. So a little bit about my story, right, is that, again, what was it that caused me to have an identity in sport and how did I how did I get out of that mindset in order to become the person of who I am? Like, now I get to be in sport and love it and if I come first or if I come last, it actually doesn't matter to me. Like, you know, I have so much joy and I want other people to um, hear the other stories of, I mean, we have Toby when she broke the world record yeah. last year, so she's going to share about that lead up to it. Um, we have Laquan Nance, who's um, he's here doing long jump, and like he wasn't meant to be here competing. Like that could have been a career-ending injury that he had at Worlds, but he's here right now. Wow. And you know, there's like all of these amazing athletes and their stories that I I really feel like will like maybe impart a kind of joy and a kind of faith to believe that your dreams aren't dead. And if you if you're in a rough patch right now, like there's actually there's hope. So. Um, that's something that I've always dreamed about doing with my platform. And it's crazy that like the first place would be Eugene, but this is the spot. This is, it was X marks the spot. It's here after the Diamond League final and all of us, we're, we're not doing it in order to get publicity. We're just staying back because we genuinely want people in Eugene to experience what we have. Girl, you're giving me chills. So next time you do one of these, make sure you invite me. I would like to come or be a part because I feel like that's something that a lot of fans and also athletes can benefit from because, like you were saying, I feel like a lot of us, um, you know, try to pursue a lot of dreams. And yeah. when it doesn't really go the way that we want it to, we kind of mm -hmm. fall apart. And so I think it's amazing to hear from people like you, people like Toby and other world-class athletes that are just like, hey, like, yes, we're awesome, but we've also been through, like, X, Y, and Z, and it's mm -hmm. some of the things that you guys have been going through as well. Nicola, thank you so much for, for taking the time uh, to stop by here. And, uh, you know, the competition is going to be – are you laying low in the hotel today? Or are you going to be out watching a little bit of the meet? I'm going to go train now. Okay. Um, every time I go to a competition stadium, like, even if I'm in the stands, I'll feel like I'm competing. So <laughs> I have to physically not be there because I get too excited. But you'll see me here tomorrow. <laughs> Could I ask her one more question? Yeah, yeah, Do we got the time for it? All right, so – I think I think we've got to yeah we've got to kind of close it out because the broadcast window is about to open. Okay. Uh, but Nicola, thank you so much for for taking the time to chat with us. No worries. Thanks for the invite. Thanks. All right. Thanks for tuning in, folks. This has been your pre-pre-show. Thanks to our producers and crew from Trackland for putting this together and for people to be able to watch all around the world. We'll be back here again tomorrow at 10 a.m. Pacific time. Uh, stay tuned to the Sidious Mag YouTube channel, Instagram, Twitter for all of the updates and photos and recaps from, from today's events. Uh, we cannot say thank you enough to Tracktown USA and the Prefontaine Classic organizers for, for having us in this space. So uh, thanks, everyone, for, for coming out. Enjoy the meet. Caitlin, I love track and field. I also love track and field. Chris, do you love track and field, Nicola? 
my fave. <laughs> I love it. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. We'll see you tomorrow.